Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities. We've adopted disguises, changed our voices so that, well, honestly, so that we can stay employed. Uh, because our bosses would never allow us to bring you our uncan- un- unfiltered, candid views on stocks You know, that week. raises a question, though, Vern. Oh, We've what is that question We've never actually asked our bosses whether they would oh, allow us, have oh, we? Oh, will you shoot me <laughs> if I tell you something that makes you want oh, to shoot okay. me? Okay, I'm sorry. No, I don't mean to interrupt you. Every week we get together and we look for um, uh, stock ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week we're looking at the issue dated August 15th, 2008. The Olympics are going on. Isn't it exciting? Michael Phelps is racking up the golds. Oh, and happy birthday. <laughs> To those who know who they He'll are. He'll probably have more golds than most of the countries there. Just the one guy. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't really been... want to remind everybody attention. that we're doing this for entertainment purposes only, and we may own all the stocks that we're talking about. We could be short something we don't like. We may have other conflicts of interest. Uh, watch out, in other words. Uh, and oh, most definitely. importantly, we commonly don't know anything about what we're talking about. I don't know so. very much this week, Vern, <clears throat> I want to admit. But I, I, you know, I always give it my best shot. Well, I don't know about you. Would you say that? I Can do, you make but that I commitment to our listeners? Anything. Those don't necessarily have to be. Uh, to learn more about stocks. us and uh, more caveats so that we're, you know, in the clear legally, please visit our <laughs> website, www.thevalueguys.com. Uh, find us on iTunes, lots of other financial websites. Um, with well, they've obviously already found us, Vern. Yeah, right. I guess they have. Right. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with uh, that giant 3M, a $50 billion market camp company, and two deeper value names. But first, I'm going to turn the show over to that value guru himself. Oh, please. Val Hughes. Thank you very much, Vern. Uh, thanks for listening in, everybody. I'm going to eat my pistachios. I'm a little sick this week, so I want to apologize. And, of course, Vern's introduced me while I'm eating a chocolate, so that's uh, – we need to get this done. We have places to oh, go. I know that. We're running very late. We're not in the cabin, so the uh, you know the accoutrements here are not really as. Uh, We're back in our regular comic. studio. Yeah, studio. Which means if you see some people in the library that are kind of hiding behind closed doors, that could be us. Okay, this week, three pretty good ideas, and I just go in page number order, just as a courtesy to the listeners and. Uh, not me. Not everyone does I like to that. I exciting. Okay. This one I own. I've talked about it before, and I'm a little uh, less prepared than Did I'd like help? to be. Well, the stock when you're is, about it, before? Uh, it helped me. I mean, you know. Did it helped the stock. Uh, <clears throat> no, I really don't think my opinion helps the stock. But it's Polaris, PII, page 2315. Polaris. Now, if you don't know this company... And you may not, but you, if you think you know them, you know them for snowmobiles because Polaris, Polar, right? Well, the fact is they don't really make many snowmobiles anymore. That's 10% of their business. They're really off into the ATV world, which is these mostly gas-powered uh, little golf cart type Competitions, uh, devices. Kawasaki, Honda. Well, yeah, Honda's been in the business a very long time. Now, they uh, introduced this business, I guess, about 10 or 12 years ago, and they came in and they were – third or fourth in the industry, and they were trying to figure out a way to get out in front of something in terms of uh, their, you know, their market position. And they came on to this thing, which I think is pretty interesting, called the side-by-side, which if you're not familiar with some of these advanced terms in the industry, that means the seats are side-by-side. Now, traditionally in the ATV business, you can think of them as a recreational device 
like a dune buggy and you're sitting on them like a motorcycle and they have three wheels, I think that's really how the industry originally got going. That's right. But increasingly, Motorized they become, yeah, they become four wheels and then the seats are, I mean, this is a, this was an innovation in the industry, honestly, seats next to each other. Now, all of a sudden you have this internet, you know, inter, intersection of the golf cart business and the ATV business, they're right smack dab in it, <clears throat> okay? Uh, they're building vehicles that used to be mainly for recreation, but they've positioned themselves as number one in the side-by-side area. They've beefed up the vehicle. It really serves in more of a well, you, you utility it. service. It was invented by the golf cart people. Well, okay. But it's become a utility, uh, you know. A, and, you know, in the industry vehicle. they're called golf cars, not carts. Well, what have you? Good. I'm just That's, trying to share you know, some knowledge with the listeners. What I'm trying to say is these guys are in the ascension in this little sector where the vehicle, I'd notice, is lightweight. Theirs runs on gasoline. They don't have an electric vehicle at this point, although they're working on it. And it intersects with the need for America and the world. See, Wait that's what the golf cart guys have. Yeah, but they're not marketing it in this way. And they don't have a vehicle that uh, you know, seems to be as robust as this one. Polaris has a vehicle that can compete in that area, could compete for a vehicle in a small area or a subdivision that's gated or what have you. The Bobcat business has a product that's owned by... uh, Well, good. I'm not talking about that one, Vern. Why don't you bring that one? Polaris is almost a pure play in this. This is 65% of their business, and uh, it's in the ascension. They're putting up great returns, 30%, 40% on capital. They've got a 15% operating margin, which is pretty good for a manufacturing business. Cash flow projected for this year, nearly 6 bucks a share. They've been raising guidance. Stock at 44 <coughs> This is an old price, so... Uh, you know, maybe it's higher. The market's been pretty good the last couple of days. But, you know, it's eight times gross cash flow. Even with the things they're doing to evolve this new category, they're only spending 2 bucks a share on CapEx. That gets you to some kind of 4 bucks in free. Stock at 44 that's 11 times free. Uh, 9% return on that's that if bad. I look at the inverse. Right. And even Value Line thinks they're going to grow earnings at 10%. I think that's too low because – the you know the call option on Polaris is that we all as a you know as a culture get behind the idea of lighter weight vehicles uh, using uh, with higher mileage and you know you've got the electric crossover that these guys are undoubtedly working on and uh, none of this is in the price right now so right now their business is pretty good with these high returns just selling you know utilitarian and recreational vehicles. Uh, they've introduced a motorcycle that's doing pretty well and gaining a little share at the low. You know, uh, it's a high-end price-wise. they got a tiny share. I think it's called the Viceroy or something like that, the Victory, I believe. Victory, I think. And uh, they're doing a great job at that. Um, their uh, earnings comps are all positive. You know, it's just a good story to me. It's 12 times earnings or 12 and a half, and uh, best as I can tell, uh, despite being 60% debt to cap, their margins are so good that they've got that covered nearly 20 times on operating Do they earnings. finance some of those sales on their own balance sheet? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I that can't, would be a huge source of risk. Well, I can't tell you for sure. They've got $260 million of total debt. Because who's going to worry about missing a payment on a golf cart? Uh, you know, I think if they can impound your vehicle, auto uh, loans have tended to be better. You think a lot of people are driving loans. to work in these things? Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't know, uh, Vern. I'm sorry. I don't uh, mean to be picking yeah, on you. No, it's fine. Listen, if you want to go on, the point about this is they're gaining share. Their product is in the ascension, 
And if you happen to have this call option come true about needing lighter vehicles to get gaining? into the mainstream. How do you know they're gaining share? Because we talk to management, Vern. Oh, and and they, we have and numbers. they claim Vern. to? No. Well, I can look at their sales and I can look at the size of the ATV industry and I can see that they're gaining share. Okay. This other thing is something that, you know, you're a consumer. Look around. Are mm-hmm. we going to lighter weight, higher gas you know, mileage vehicles? I mm-hmm. think so. Polaris, PII, page 2315. Now, there okay. were some stories on the web last week about people using golf cars now to you know, just get around town, shopping, take the kids to school, that kind of thing. Right. They drive on the sidewalks. Yeah. Well, no, they don't. They don't always drive on the sidewalk. The problem with this particular vehicle right now is, first of all, uh, you can price it out based on just their sales as a recreational vehicle. Uh, The idea that they can become a mainstream, lightweight vehicle for the streets is a little bit of a call option. That's what I like about it, and it's it's a great company even without that. All right, anyway, Viacom B, page 2331, ticker VIAB. Theme on Viacom is they have a lot of content. These are the guys that own MTV, music, television. Uh, obviously, you know about that. VH1, Nickelodeon, Nick at Night, Noggin, Nicktoons, we Network, we, Comedy We recommended Central. Disney and some other names. But really, Well, point. this is not a secret, but I'm just saying the stock's down a lot. So it traded at 45 last year. It's at 29 now. Uh, the need for content is not going away. Obviously, the advertising market's been weak, and that's what's bringing these kinds of things down. They're still putting up a 25% operating margin. That says they're doing something right, or nobody would pay up the price on cost for that. That's a big markup. They're trading at eight times gross cash flow, nine times free. They're using free cash flow to buy stock back. They've gone from uh, 800 million shares five years ago to 560 right now. Wow. Their EBIT, uh, enterprise value to EBITDA, best as I can calculate, enterprise value is just going to be the market cap number that's over on the left on value line, $18.1 billion, it says here. Then I add in their total debt, $9.2 billion. That and gets me to 27 cash. Yeah, they just don't even have a billion of cash. So $27 billion. And then EBITDA for value line, we think, is their operating margin times their revenue because depreciation for them seems to be coming uh, in after that, So uh, at least according to their definition. So that gets me to some type of eight times enterprise value to EBITDA, which I might look at as a 12% cash-on-cash uh, return. Value line thinks they're going to grow earnings at 12%. That gives me a mid-20s return. The stock's just down on near-term advertising problems. They have content, and when you look at a supply and demand curve, content is not growing nearly as fast as the demand for content with things like the iPhone and increasingly the BlackBerry, the Kindle, whatever. You know, uh, access to the Internet's going mobile and that means more demand 24-7 for content. They have it. And if all you're showing is stuff that's available in other media on other channels, then you're a commodity. Uh, yeah, well, or if you're paying licensing fees, you know, the landlord's going to get his share. They own all this stuff. They do a lot of original content, and I like that about it, and it's cheap. And according to Value Line, uh, and it's cheap, okay, but Value Line says – Film studio results are apt to be strong in December. That doesn't sound too bad. Uh, Key sectors in the advertising area are down. We know that, so the bad news is in the stock. Third quarter earnings will reflect a considerable slowdown. Well, we know that. That's why the stock is down so much. The good news is demand growing internationally for uh, well-recognized brand content and uh, good original programming. So, What brands do they own? 
Well, they own... Did you talk about that before? I believe I did. Did I fall asleep Comedy that Central. Part? You know that. They're in the Ascension. Nickelodeon, they do a lot of their own work. A lot of the characters there, they own. Uh, Nicktoons, country music, you know, Spike TV, TV Land. Did you, you know? see Jon Stewart's riff on the, the Chinese... Um, no. Where they substituted no, the one little girl for the other no, in I the not. opening ceremonies? No, very Absolutely hilarious. Okay. Well, good. You know, I hope John mentions us on his show because that's a freebie. We're just I, throwing it he, out. He told me if I did, he okay, would. Okay, I'm sure he did. All right. Finally, Hart Hanks, ticker HHS, uh, page 2372. Here's my theme on Hart Hanks. They're in the direct marketing business. They provide direct marketing and shopper advertising and uh, they do it. They get they get a message into 13 million homes. Okay, that's big these days because your traditional media isn't working as well as it used to, and uh, directed marketing as close to the prospective buyers you can get is really working much better and creating a higher ROI. So their services should be in the ascension. It's cheap. Everyone's worried about the advertising recession, and we're in one, no question. But history suggests you come out of them. Uh, six times gross cash flow, ten times free. They're projected to have a buck eighty in gross cash flow next year. Stock at thirteen. Cap spending fifty cents. That's a buck thirty free. Stock at thirteen, ten times. I'm going to say ten percent yield on something, and I'm going to get according to Value Line just five percent earnings growth. I'm not buying that, ladies and gentlemen. These guys are going to do better than that because their market share of advertising is going to grow because it's directed. and um, Faster at, than the market sinking in the early stages of a business recession? Uh, well, I do present value calculations, Vern. And when I look at what's happening to wealth in the world, now we're going to get a little slowdown. These happen. You know, look, look, look at history. Uh, the times to make money are when fear is overwhelming rationality about the future. And economics are based on population, population growth. That's growing times productivity. We know productivity is growing because everyone's just copying what we do. And we're super productive, so all the other countries with all the other people are just copying what we do. And that's going to lead to a lot of productivity growth. We're going to have to solve some problems in energy, and Boone Pickens is working on that, thankfully. Uh, but meantime... Yeah, you know, the need for advertising is going to grow. It's This thing's on sale. You get a little bit of a yield, 2.3%. And uh, according to Value Line here, a lot of stuff's going wrong, Vern, at Hart Hanks. Is uh, that why the stock price is Yeah, down? yeah, advertising's not doing that well. Could Everyone it be that seems some to... investors heard that and decided they didn't want to own the stock? It could be. Everyone evidently is reevaluating their marketing expenditures. That's what it says here. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're I the, think you're in the 16th minute. Am I? Okay. Well, let's ra wrap things up. No, you, We're going to get past these, uh, these <laughs> times of, uh, a few bad quarters of business. Business is going to get back to usual. They're selling at five times EBITDA, ladies and gentlemen. Again, here's my calculation on this market cap, 825 million. It's over on the left of value line. Uh, total debt, 300 million. That gets me to 1.1 billion. And my best estimate of EBITDA is Value Line's estimate of operating margin times their estimate of sales. That's going to get me to about 150 or 200 million for 09. 1.1. That's 5.5 times. That's some kind of 20% cash on cash return. 
I buy the whole company. I'd earn 20% on that investment. And Value Line says Fascinating. That well, listen, Vern, let me just tell you something about the email I get, which evidently Please you don't do. get. We have listeners that like to understand a little bit about some of the metrics we use. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know that because a little I, bit about them? Well, I, you know, I listen to some of the, Try to to the keep viewers' that in mind, concerns. A little bit about them. Listen, what have you. We're just trying to be responsive to some of uh, people that want to know what, we're, what in the hell we're talking about because we certainly don't know. Anyway, this has a 20% cash-on-cash return, 5% uh, growth that gives me some kind of twenty five percent return. Revealed one of the secrets of Wall Street. Talk really fast. I'm just trying to get through this, Vern, because you told me that our time is up. Hard hangs. HHS page twenty three seventy two. That's all I have. Mm. And now with only a tiny bit of a do. I don't dues, want any of your continuous ado. Keep your ado. Uh, if that's Vern how little a do you can spare, just well, okay. Say that. I fine. I will. Please okay. go ahead now. It's your show now. All right, my show now. Okay, I've got 3M. Who you got? Viacom? These people invent stuff. I'm sure they do. You ever do. heard of Post-its? Yeah, I heard of that in the 90s. Well, there's been a lot of exciting things since then. Right? Mm -hmm. Some kind of fancy, you know, like uh, furnace filters. and. I'm hearing a lot about it. Uh, well, they make some kind of optical film that is a critical component of LED television screens, I think, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. been an area of growth for them. Yeah, how, how's their return? Uh, well, the stock is down more than 25% from the highs of last year, approaching well, 100 they do. then. It's a good company. At about $72 now. So it's not so much that there's something wildly exciting happening at 3M. It's just that a very solid global franchise is that has traded in a range, you know, roughly between – $60 and $95 over the last five or six years is right near the bottom of that range at 72 and yielding almost 3%. So it's, um, it's, the value here is that I'm buying very high quality at a mild discount the, to fair the value. The problem with 3M, in my opinion, Vern, is just that it's too big to maintain a growth rate that can justify a premium multiple because a premium multiple but I don't always need a premium multiple. higher growth. Right now I have a discount to the right. market of about 15%. That's probably about right. So if I can get market multiple when people are feeling that the rate of growth is accelerating, in is other words, doing that? what people on the street like to refer to as second derivative, um, no, I don't know that it is. But in anticipation of that, I need to be buying it when it is not present. And are I think hiring, you understand that principle. Are they hiring more you? scientists? To invent they, more stuff uh, at a faster they, rate. They brought in a new CEO. Um, I don't remember how many, how long ago. Three, four years ago, a guy named George Buckley, who had done some really great things at Brunswick. I think he came out of a consumer durables business, and uh, to try to re-energize the business and get them more focused on a uh, a stronger and more rapidly growing pipeline of new product. And I think there's been some success in that regard. They had been sort of stuck in a uh, um, 16 to 18, maybe $20 billion range of revenue until the last couple of years when they've uh, it's accelerated to past $25 billion in revenue. Um, and part of that has been what I was mentioning before. They make these uh, proprietary optical film products that are used in large uh, television monitor production. And um, it sounds a bit like a one-off hit. Display and graphics, 13% of sales. Value Line talks about the growth businesses that they have. You know, in recent years, they've made stronger, more strategic um, uh, efforts to build their position 
in not just optical films, but personal protection devices, which would be in, I think, the safety, security, and protection segment, which is 13% of sales, medical dental supplies, well, healthcare is 17%. Well, that's a great company. High-tech no filters question. and electronic components. Uh, there's an electro and communication segment at 11, the display and graphics 13. I've got about half the company that are higher growth markets. So I think there's been a bit of repositioning here. They have made uh, two very large acquisitions, for example, that I'm aware of in this uh, well, what, personal Fern, protection. Uh, what's going to make the stock go up? What's going to happen that the market's not getting right now? They're going to uh, end up uh, generating a higher level of earnings and cash flow out three to five years than the market's assuming now. Why, why are they going to do that? Uh, I just explained why. I'm not buying that. Go back and read the transcript. I'm not buying that. I, nobody really cares. 3M has I a think a market, lot of people do. Right? 3M has a market capitalization of $50 billion. In order to invent stuff at a faster about, rate, they have to be hiring more scientists unless the ones I, they have now well, are becoming more are. productive. But, it, but you don't have to hire more know. scientists. A, a major yeah. element of managing um, the difference between success and failure in managing a business are the process, the management processes that you use. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of very large – Successful businesses, these guys it became it became ingrained to do things a certain way. These guys and need since to then, other more stuff. efficient, high higher productivity competitors have perhaps passed them, demonstrated an ability to grow faster. How about this question? And and as these old line giants that for too long have relied on a leading market position or leading distribution access to uh, to maintain their position of returns are finally being forced. To, uh, to lean out their enterprises like their competitors have been forced to. And you're talking about the potential to create massive amounts of incremental wealth uh, given the large base that you're starting oh, with. This what is about a $50 this billion question, market cap yeah, company. Yeah, that's why it can't grow. It's too I, big I to bet, grow. I bet the stocks that you've talked about in the last 10 weeks don't add up to $50 billion a market That's cap. the point. They're too big to grow. All their secrets everybody knows. They used to have to invent their way to growth, and it's just – it's hard to invent so much new stuff when you got other people trying to invent I'm, stuff. I'm looking what at a percent chart of their shows product? a pretty solid relative uh, stock price performance yeah. over well, a long period of time. Well, it looks down to me. Vern, when yeah, I it's look down at between a, uh, so a what's short-term changing? peak in 2002, 03 and between 2006. And since then, it's flattened out. I don't know. And I think when you're talking about re-energizing, when you're re-energizing a product portfolio and turning that into revenue growth, that's a process that takes some time. Royalties, patents running out. Uh, you know, it's, they're it's, not inventing new stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like the drug industry. This is a great idea, folks. You should take a look at it. Ten times gross cash flow. Uh, operating margins, you know, they're not inventing enough new stuff. Operating margins approaching 30%. Last year, just 30 bips below 30%. That's great. Return on capital in the mid-20s with some leverage in the mid-30s return on equity. Uh, About 64% of their business last year was overseas. Raw material costs have restrained earnings growth short-term. That probably explains why the stock's down the way it is. Enterprise value to EBITDA for 3M around nine times. I'll bet you that's absolutely a low end of range kind of valuation for the stock. Value line's talking about um, annual rates of growth and cash flow and earnings of 4 or 5%. I'm here to tell you that without even uh, uh, having to know anything about 3M besides what I've learned casually as a professional in the industry, that that is a wildly too low estimate at this point in their history. Well, then you you haven't been paying enough attention to the changes at 3M under Buckley. He's had well, an impact. I see the stock going and, down. Hmm. 
Are you calling a well, turn I, here I believe from the stock market's been going down, too. Tur- I'm oh, talking a about a relative performance. This is a relative it's performance. seven years of negative performance. No, it's not. I'm looking at no, it. No, there was a period of three years of negative performance. It's been followed by three years of stable performance. That's still seven years. Preparing for a lo- substantially uh, similar uh, Listen, period of to, outperformance. I'd be happy to make a bet with you on this one, Vern. 3M? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you want to bet? Yes, well, you bet? <laughs> Why don't we just make it? Right, we'll just then. pick one stock. What, what stocks okay. did you talk about today? Oh, let's pick 3M. Which ones did you talk about today? 3M, 52 weeks. Higher or lower? Hard Hanks. <clears throat> Hard Hanks. 52 well, weeks. Hard Hanks. Well, we could do higher or lower on 3M 52 weeks from now. Percentage change from the stock price right now. My 3M against which one of yours do you Oh, want? well, they'll all beat it because yours is going down. So I can pick uh, which one it no, should be? I will. I oh, will all pick. right. I'll pick. I'm okay. going to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is such an easy one. Uh, <laughs> Viacom. What can I tell you? That's easy. Okay. I feel bad about doing that, but what are we betting exactly? I don't know. Well, okay. Well, why don't we decide that next week? Get to week? choose whether we switch aliases or? No, God, no. I wouldn't want to be Vern Value. Um, you, you want to switch costumes? No, I don't. Let's just okay. say we'll decide next week. Okay. Ooh. We're out of time, by the way. Hmm. How are you letting this drift on? No, no. You I, have more ideas? I, yeah, I have a couple. I was talking uh, about Brunswick, where George Buckley came from at 3M. Brunswick is, I mean, on its back, stock recently around $14. Uh, symbol is BC. Value line rates at a five. Stock's down about 70% from peak in late 04, early 05. You probably recognize the name from Brunswick Bowling, right, if nothing else. But a few years ago, they bought the Mercury business. So they own Mercury Outboard and Mercruiser engines. They have Sea Ray, Bayliner, Boston Whaler already before that. They have some fitness lines. It's a pretty diversified leisure and recreation products business, hammered because of what's been happening to the consumer, of course. I don't like this one, Bird. Dividend yield in excess of 4%. And Value Line says that they think the payout's secure. So I think that's a way of saying that's management's story right now, is that they're trying to preserve the dividend. They have no credibility, so they, uh, it doesn't matter what uh, they say. <laughs> Revenue still north of $5 billion, down from almost $6 billion in 05. You know, they've been losing money lately, but management is in the process of uh, in, of implementing a restructuring program that's going to close 12 out of 29 factories, okay, by the end of 2009. And they're going to take charges of more than $200 million with an expected cost reduction of more than $300 million annually. That's $2.50 a share, folks, in cost reduction with a $14 stock. Uh, half of the restructuring expenses are non-cash, so I'm going to invest $100 million and get $300 million back. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me, especially with earnings that are basically zero. Is that zero. what they're telling people? Yes, that's what they're telling yeah, people. Yeah, you know, this company has never delivered. I've followed this for 20 years. I'm looking at 10 years of history here with an operating margin last year at 6%. The lowest number uh, before that was 9 Ah, uh, um, can't take it. Brunswick. <laughs> it's unfortunate that you bought it at a bad time and lost no, money. No, we got in the out. Stock. We got out years ago. But I'm, I'm looking at it a, now at a price of fourteen. Yeah, what's going to make this one go? I have a one point two billion boats. 
No one is buying a boat. Right now, they're not. Tell you that. And is bowling, that news? I understand is this that news? Milwaukee recently lost the bowling hall of fame. If you're not going to go to the uh, amusement park, what are you going to do? You're going to go bowling. Well, bowling is a little. Do you think bit bowling of the leagues are going to go down in popularity guy in a difficult bowling, in a difficult a, economic environment? I think not. Bowling's okay, Sherlock. I think there will probably oh, be thank you. more participation in bowling leagues. But there, there, there is. That's not my. There's anyway, not money. Equity in. market cap of one point two billion. You got a lot of people flying kites. Excuse me. Too. This is my stock. Do you want to do it? Or? No, I, I do because what I would say is stay away. <laughs> But market you probably have more to say. Equity one point two billion. They have seven hundred million of debt, but they have four hundred million of cash. So enterprise value about one point five billion. Now value line basically forecasting an EBITDA margin of zero in two thousand eight because of all the charges. But if they could earn the same nine percent that they have in the past on just getting back to six billion of revenue, that's more than a half a billion dollars of EBITDA on a one point five billion dollar valuation, or less than three times multiple on what you might get, what, in three years? Perhaps I, I when know. consumers rediscover the ability to buy things that they want to have in increasing numbers, like well, boats. They can get a sort of a cyclical at, bump from I looked boats. At Polaris where the, I looked at Polaris where the multiple today that you apparently believe can expand is about seven times EBITDA. Take the seven t- same seven times multiple, put it on the half a billion of normalized EBITDA that I'm talking about. It would give me a $3.5 billion enterprise value. Seven times 0.5. Then I subtract the $400 million of net debt that I have right now, like I would have that in the future. I probably wouldn't even have the debt. But nevertheless, assume that I do. I'm at $3.1 billion enterprise value. I have 88 million Wait shares outstanding Wait a right minute. now. Don't and I have a $35 do stock. Do not try to trick the people. Two to three years. Do not try to trick the people. From 14 to 35 in three years. You cannot compare Brunswick to Polaris. Hey, you have to take Polaris. a little risk, buddy. My friend. Oh, I, what's the return what, on capital? In three years when the, money's, the company's no. starting to print money because everybody print wants money. a boat? Oh, maybe you don't think they can do better than Polaris's valuation today when people are worried to death about the consumer's ability to sustain spending. Let's not go crazy. What's the return on capital? We're moving on to the no, next stock. Time out. No, no we're I'm not on moving on. Stock. I'm on, editing this all out. out. I need to point something out unless <laughs> you're a just a trickster. Are you a trickster? No, I'm not a trickster. Well, then let's get the people some truth, my friend, which is that Polaris is putting up a 30% return on capital because they know how to deploy capital into industries that are growing and gaining share where they can earn money. Yeah. Well, and Brunswick might, is in industries where you can't You might be familiar with the concept of marginal returns. Buck. Uh, and marginal have, returns at Brunswick two to three years out are likely to well, be how about right now? How about right now? At Brunswick, the oh. marginal returns two to three years out have always been great and never actually okay, so happened. So you're a value investor, but you want to return right now. No, I want a company that knows how to deliver a return, and all they know how to deliver is a promise of a return. Well, they That's sell the my most point. discretionary of consumer durables. The a boat? Nobody needs a boat. Right. Nobody needs a boat. Right. That's my point. So to say that they don't know what they're doing. Look at their return on capital. That's what says it. Hey, their sales are only down like uh, 15% off a of peak at this point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I have one more stock okay. to talk about, if you'll allow me. I would do the listeners a favor to edit out that whole segment mm-hmm. on Brunswick, honestly. Okay. Don't even consider Save mine. yourself some embarrassment. Right. Okay, um, the name friend. I'm going to talk about now. Those are strong <laughs> words. Strong is, words. Is value click. I've never heard of this company. This trades over the counter at yeah. VCLK. I'm sure you get it. Value it. click. I was naturally drawn to it uh-huh. as a value guy. 
Are you a value guy? Value. I play. have my questions about that topic. Value line um, thinks that there's 20 to 35 percent potential for average annual total return out to 2011 to 2013 off of a recent stock price under 12, down from 36 last year, down by two-thirds, okay? Um, yet cash flow, uh, earnings expected to be flat in 2008, grow a little bit in 2009, cash flow per share to continue to rise with virtually no capital spending and none incremental. So really we're talking about some kind of a busted growth story, I guess. But I'm looking at uh, operating margins in the mid-20s, return on capital around 10%. company is a worldwide online marketing services company. So in other words, they're in, 60% of the business has to do with uh, um, selling advertising through certain media, I guess. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what the business is. Hmm. But I'm, I'm, Don't they get paid when people click through an ad? I, and I'm struck by the idea yeah. that we're talking about if there's more and more people buying more and more stuff on the Internet, that's probably good for this company, which where the stock is on sale now because they're not sustaining the same kind of growth rates that we were before. I've got a seven times EBITDA multiple, ten times cash flow. Uh, longer term, I mean, cloud computing, who knows what the right model is ultimately going to be here, and they could, get, uh, they could be uh, advanced out of business yeah, I don't by, know by technological change. But I'm thinking exactly short term right. that there's probably a big opportunity here. One of the things that strikes me is that ValueLine says there's been an ongoing FTC investigation about deceptive advertising practices, and they reached a settlement which apparently puts this all behind them and allows them to go back to some customers that they lost in the past before. Um, lost in the past before, I guess that's redundant, but lost in the past. And so I think there's there's apparently an element of depressed results in the recent short term. I don't know going back how far, and maybe the pressure that has, the, the item that had created that pressure is now gone. It might have something to do with why the stock is down because of fear of the uh, the eventual impact, maybe changing perception of growth opportunity, et cetera. But I think you ought to take a look at this. It's not mm. cheap on a P.E. basis, 17 times I don't earnings. know, Vern. No, I, I don't, don't either. Know. But uh, yeah. I, we're looking for ideas that might help people make money, especially if they do a little well, homework of their own. On that one. Take a look yeah. at Value Click symbol VCLK. I My favorite idea and, and the winner. What happened to Hexel? I, I, I decided it was just a little too expensive oh, to recommend. Okay. I love the longer-term arrow structure story there, but I need it. I need a, a better I own valuation. That one. That's what I. Um, but uh, 3M, I mean, going to be winning a, a, a lot of uh, kudos in about 30 days. Um, and are in four weeks, and we'll uh, look is? forward to 3M when I'm going to beat the pants off of your. Uh, what did you go with? Hart Hanks or something? Viacom. Viacom. Isn't it a 12 month bet? Oh, is it a 12 month? Yes. What are you talking about? I have no idea what stocks oh, well, are going to do in 12 Remember this 12 months from now. I will. I'm writing it down. You can't have a one month bet. Are you kidding? I couldn't no, bet. All right, that. fine. Yeah, no, 12, 12 months. months. Okay, so my favorite idea this week with a 12 month view then is 3M. Yeah, and mine, Viacom. It's something that, you know, you might get a dead cat bounce out of value click. Ah. Are you done? I am done. Thanks, everyone. I'm done with you. Thank you very much.